Well, I guess summer is officially here now, and we are ready to begin. And we are so thankful as we look forward to being a, a great time of summer and people being able to have some free time to do some things to serve the Lord that maybe they didn't have time for before. But we're so glad that we have that time. Have you ever eaten a persimmon? I remember the uh, first time that I had ever tried one. Uh, I was out with my dad, and we were out in the fields hunting and came upon a tree, and it looked so enticing. I was kind of hungry, and I thought, boy, those things sure look good. And I heard that they were edible, and I got one, and it was soft and looked like it was pretty good, and I bit into it. And I want to tell you, that was the most bitter thing that I had ever bitten into. And I never again tried one of those persimmons because that thing was bitter. Now, it's one thing to have bitterness in your mouth because of something that you have tried that maybe wasn't too good. But it's another thing to have bitterness within your heart. Now, inside your program, there's an outline of healing for a bitter heart that I'd like to encourage you to take and follow with me today. I'd like first to begin our study in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, you may remember, is that great chapter that gives us those examples of faith, of the men and women who were strong in their faith in serving God. And then in chapter 12, we're going to have what I think is kind of an application of that if we are children of God. And as the writer begins, Hebrews chapter 12 at verse 11, he says this, Make every effort to live with peace at all men. Now when he said make every effort, that was a term that meant give it your very best. Put out the very best that you have as you are seeking to do this so that you will be able to live at peace with everyone. Remember those were the words of Jesus, Matthew 5, 9, when he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And Paul, as he wrote the book of Romans, says, You know, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. So what God desires is that we will be people who are seekers after and people who are peacemakers. And then he continues on. He says, not only to make every effort to live at peace with all men, but he said, and to be holy. Now, being holy means that you and I are going to be like God. The expression that was often repeated in the book of Leviticus and then picked up over in the New Testament by 1 Peter in chapter 1, verse 16, when he says, God said, and be holy because I am holy. That is, you and I are to have a, a spirit and an attitude and a life that is like God, that is holy. And then he added this, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. Don't you ever forget, he said, how important the grace of God is in your life. And he said, I want you to be a person who talks grace and lives grace and is just thankful unto God for the grace that we have. Because without the grace of God, not any of us would be able to be saved. So he said, give your very best as you think about grace. And then he added this, and see that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Four times in the New Testament that word bitterness is used. 
And he speaks about a spirit that sometimes dwells within a person that is so bad. Now, the writer here, right, see that there's not a root of bitterness. You see, there are certain things that when you get rid of them, you've got to get rid of the root or they're going to come right back. Uh, one year, we had a lot of dandelions in our yard, and, uh, you know, I'd mow, but uh, lo and behold, they'd come right back because they still had the root. And uh, one day, there was a guy walking down the street, and uh, he saw all the dandelions in my yard, and he said, uh, you promoting the dandelion for the state flower? No, that wasn't what I did, but I just hadn't got down at the root to get those things out. And so it is that the writer says, don't let there be a root of bitterness in your heart. Because if the long as that root is there, then that bitterness is still going to be displaying itself and showing itself in your life. Well, what exactly is bitterness? Well, bitterness is a feeling that you have when you think that you have been mistreated or that you have not been dealt with honestly. Uh, there is a dictionary called the Synonym Finder, and it defined uh, bitterness with these synonyms. It means to be cross, mean, unkind, painful, sad, mournful, sorrowful, sarcastic, cutting, caustic, crabbed, sharp, venomous. Now, whichever one of those words you pick or which one of them you try to pick, you know, those are not things that you and I want to be known for. Let me tell you that bitterness always has an object. Now, that object may be some person. Somebody has said something to you, or maybe they have said something about you. Maybe that person has done something to you. And because of that, you feel very bitter toward that person. Or it may be that there is a certain something that has happened to you in a place that causes you to be bitter. It may be a school. It may be a job. It may be because of an advancement that you didn't give. It may even be a church. But whatever it is, the Lord says, don't let that root of bitterness stay there in your heart because it is going to produce something that you don't want, and it's going to defile many people. Secondly, let me ask this question. Well, what is it that causes bitterness? Now, there are three main things that cause bitterness. Number one is, people have a bitterness when they've suffered a loss. You remember that story back in the Old Testament that's found in the book of Ruth? It's a story of a lady by the name of Naoma, and Naoma and her husband are facing a time of drought, and so they leave Israel, and they move over into the land of Moab. And when they get over in Moab, Naoma has some bad things happen to her. First of all, her husband dies and leaves her a widow, and then she has two sons, and the two sons die. And so she makes up her mind, you know, I'm going to leave Moab and I'm going to go back to Jerusalem where I'm from. And she has a daughter-in-law by the name of Ruth. And Ruth says, listen, I'm not going to let you go back there by yourself. I'm going to go with you. 
And you know those famous words, Whither thou goest, I will go. Those were actually spoken by a daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law. And so Naomi gets back and takes Ruth with her, and they go back to Jerusalem. And when they get there, people look at her and they think, Boy, she has sure aged a lot. She must have been through a lot. And uh, Naomi, who was Miss uh, Jerusalem High School, feels the pressure and the feels the way people look at her, and she says, Don't call me Naomi. Now, the word Naomi meant sweetness. Don't call me Naomi. She said, Call me Mara, which means bitter. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Because of the loss she had, she had bitterness in her heart. And she was not feeling good because of that bitterness. And when you have bitterness in your heart, you are not going to feel good at all. When my uh, daughter and son-in-law got married, they moved to Houston and they moved into a brand new development called the Village of Oak Lake. And all the homes there were new. And something very unusual happened in one of their neighbor's house. Somebody, while they were at work, broke into her neighbor's house and stole all of their furniture, all of their TVs, and all the uh, things they had. And then they did something unusual. They even stole their carpet. I'd never heard of anybody doing that. I thought it was kind of funny. But those people who had the loss, they didn't think it was very funny, and very likely they were bitter about that. So first of all, bitterness can be caused by a loss that you have. Number two on your list there, note if you will, that bitterness can be caused by an injustice. That is, when the punishment does not fit the crime. Over in the book of Genesis chapter 34, there is a story of the family of Jacob. And you remember that Jacob had 12 sons. But he also had a daughter by the name of Diana. And one day when Diana was out, the land in which she was living was the land of the Canaanites, and there was a fellow who abducted her and raped her. Now after he had raped her, he decided, you know, I'd like to marry this girl. And so he went to his dad and said, Dad, will you see if you can make arrangements so that we can intermarry with these people over here, these Israelites. And so the father went to him and said, how about us intermarrying together and just kind of merging together? Well, the sons of Jacob, when they found out what that fellow had done, I mean, they were bitter. And as a result, they said to their dad, we can't let our daughters intermarry with these men. They're not circumcised. And so the word came, now if you want there to be in your marriage, there's got to be circumcision. And so all the men of the tribe said, yes, we'll do it. And so all of them were circumcised. And the Bible says three days later, when all the men were laid up sore, that two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, took their sword, and they went over and they killed every man in that tribe. Now, you might say that they were upset and they were bitter. And then they stole all of their goods and took away all their women and their children and their livestock and everything else. They thought there was an injustice that's been done and we want to make it right. Injustice does not benefit and does not make you a right person just because you are feeling injustice has been done. 
There was also an article I read in the paper about a man who lived in Albion, Indiana, and a burglar broke into his house, and he shot the burglar. And then, because of what he was done, he was fined $12,500. Don't you know that he felt there was an injustice here, and he felt bitter about it. The third thing that causes us to have bitterness is if we are betrayed. That is, we think that there is a trust that has been broken. We think that uh, as a result of that, there is sometimes slander and gossip and even sometimes adultery. There was a, a man who came to see me one day and he says, you know, my wife has been unfaithful to me and she now has left me and married this other fella and the two children are both in her custody. How could I not feel bitter? You see, you and I face that when we have loss, when we see there's an injustice, or when we feel that we have been betrayed. Bitterness. How sad for a heart to be filled with bitterness. Well, the third thing I want to ask you is, what can bitterness do to you? Ah, I want to tell you three things. Number one, bitterness can sometimes cause people to want to get revenge. Somebody has done something to you, said something about you, and you want to make them pay you want to get revenge. Now, the problem with revenge is that it never gets what it is that it wants. That is, it never evens the score. Over in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 19, uh, the Lord said this, It is mine to avenge, says the Lord. Let me tell you something. You are not God. You are not the one who is to get revenge. God said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of that, and you can feel sure that God is going to avenge and do exactly what He said He would do. Secondly, bitterness makes you unhappy. There is no such thing as a bitter, happy person. Over in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, there is a story of the uh, Philistines, and they attacked the village that David's lived in. And David and the men were not there, and the Bible says that the Philistines carried away their sons and their daughters. And as a result, the men of the city said, you know, we ought to stone David. He should have known better and left some protection here because of what happened to their sons and their daughters. And the Bible says, and they were embittered in their spirit. And when you are embittered in your spirit, you are unhappy with the way things are going wrong. Number three, when you are bitter, you do stupid things. If you have a Bible, I'd like for you to turn back with me, if you will, to the uh, 73rd Psalm. Psalm 73 was written by Asaph. Asaph, the Bible says, was the choir leader for the Levitical choir. And this is what he said, Psalm 73, verses 1 through 3. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Have you ever felt that way? 
looked over and saw people who are ungodly and doing terrible things, and seemingly their thing just going good for them. In verse 12, he said, This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Oh, he said, when I saw all that, my feet almost slipped. I just was not able to handle it. And then in verses 21 and 22, he said, When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and arrogant. I was a brute beast before you. He said, I want to tell you, when I saw that, I was just so bitter that I was like a, a wild animal. And you know, sometimes people are embittered and they just do stupid things. There are people sometimes that slash somebody's tires. There are sometimes people spread rumors about people. There are people who do all kinds of stupid things simply because they are bitter. Now, the fourth thing I want to show you is this. And that are, maybe what are some of the signs that you have bitterness? How can you tell if you are a bitter person or not? How do you know if that root of bitterness is still in there? Well, let me give you three ways that you can know. First of all, Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37, beginning in verse 1, tells a story about Joseph and his brothers. Now, you may remember that Joseph was son number 11, and he had 10 older brothers, but for some reason, and we don't know all the reason, but, but Joseph's father made him the favorite son. And evidently, it was pretty evident to the other boys that this was the favorite son. In fact, you remember that his father made him a coat of many colors. And the Bible says, Genesis chapter 37, that his brothers hated him, and they could not speak a kind word to him. Now, does that sound familiar? Is there anybody that I mean, you just hate them, and you cannot even carry on a decent, kind conversation with them? If that's true, then the problem is probably bitterness. And you are resentful and have bitterness because of something said or done if you can't even talk to a person in a kind way and speak a kind word to them. Mm. Number two, a second thing the Bible says that can uh, be a problem that indicates you have bitterness is if you don't forgive. Matthew chapter 6 verse 15, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you're not going to be able to be forgiven. One of the uh, best quotes I ever saw came from Dr. Larry Patton when he said this, To forgive is to set a prisoner free, only to find out that the prisoner was you. As long as you are unforgiving, then you're going to find difficulty in your life because God will not forgive you. And if you have that kind of a bitter spirit, Understand that you're not living with what God wants you to do. Number three, the third sign that you have bitterness, found in Colossians 3, verse 19. And men, this is especially for us. Paul said, Husbands, love your wives, and do not be embittered against them. 
A.T. Robertson, who is a uh, Greek scholar, said that that expression means do not have the habit of being bitter. Don't let that be something that you just have as a habit that you have and that you are just known as a person of bitterness because of the way that you speak to and treat your wife or other people as well. Well, number five, the fifth thing I want to ask is this. Well, what can I do to get rid of bitterness? What can I do just to get that out of my heart? Because I don't want that root there because it just causes trouble again and again. There's this interesting story over in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 6. And there's a man that Jesus is introduced to who has been bad shape, been crippled, been uh, in sickness for 38 years. Now, can you imagine going through a, a sickness for 38 years? And there was a, a pool of water, and the tradition was if the first time you see some bubbles come up there, if you jump in that, then you're going to be healed. Well, the guy said, Lord, every time I try to get in there, somebody else always beats me to it because I'm kind of bunged up. And then Jesus asked this man a, a very unusual question. He says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Lord, I've been sick for 38 years. Do I want to get well? But let me tell you, everybody who is sick doesn't want to get well. There are some who enjoy the attention. There are some who are uh, glad that they're going to have people who are going to serve them and wait on them. So Jesus says, do you want to get well? A man said, oh, Lord, you know that I do. I want to get well. And let me ask you this question. Do you want to get rid of the bitterness in your heart? I mean, is that something that you really desire? I want to not have this feeling of bitterness in my heart and this root there that's causing so much problem. Do you want to get well? Well, if you want to be a person who is free from bitterness, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to want to get well. You've got to want the Lord to remove the bitterness that's in your heart. Let me tell you, a prayer to God to get rid of bitterness is not a call to 911. But it's a call where you acknowledge God rules and you want God's rulership to be in your heart and you want that to be bitter free. Over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, the writer wrote these words to us. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. Ah, if you have the Lord in you and you're serving Him, know that He is there to bless you and He always will. And then if you really want to get rid of bitterness, you've got to forgive the perpetrator. I don't care what they've done, what they've said, how bad they've treated you, if you want to be forgiven, you want that out of your heart, then you've got to forgive. 
Those are the words of Jesus, Matthew six fourteen to 15. And then Matthew chapter uh, 18, Jesus said in verse 35, you've got to not only forgive them, He said, you've got to forgive from the heart. And you say, Lord, I don't know why or how, but please remove this from my heart. And those who have been the ones that have caused me this bitterness, Lord, I'm from my heart. I'm going to forgive them. I know it may be hard, but if you want to get rid of bitterness, that's what you've got to do. I saw a news report the other day that was kind of interesting. There was a father who broke the jaw of a teacher of his daughter. The teacher had given her a D in conduct. And the man was so bitter that he went to see the teacher and slugged him and broke his jaw. Now the bad thing, or the thing that really got my attention was, that the guy who did it was a preacher. And you wonder, well, what was the name of his church? And the name of his church was the Greater Love Cathedral. <laughs> Not too much in what God would want one who was a preacher or anyone else to do as a Christian. Let me tell you, the Lord, as He began in Hebrews chapter 12, says, Listen, I don't want there to be any bitter roots in you, because they grow up to cause trouble. And as a child of God who is seeking to please the Lord, there will be people who do things to you and say things about you and do things that upset you that could cause you to be bitter. But as one of God's children, do not allow that bitter root to stay there because it will do nothing but cause you pain and misery. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we are challenged because of situations, loss we have, injustices that we see, and betrayal that we feel, dear God, to, to feel better. But Lord, I just pray that You'll help us to be people who just get rid of all of that bitterness. Keep us, dear Father, loving people and not able, to, and able, dear God, to talk to anybody without there being a sense of anger and hatred because of something that's been done. And dear Lord, we just pray that we can be people who live a life that will glorify Jesus so other people will want to be your followers too. Look after us and bless us, we pray in this, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning, and maybe there's a way we could be of encouragement to you. Maybe you'd like to come and say, you know, I'd like to be a part of this church family. If that's your desire, we would welcome you. Maybe you'd like to come today and confess your faith and be baptized into Christ. If there's any other way we could serve you, if you'd like to come, why don't you do it right now as we just stand and sing our song of invitation together. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. 
I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. High and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, 